1: The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers, it's your favourite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno, and Millie, The Big Bark. Hello and a huge welcome back to The Big Bark, I'm your host, Dara Burke, and I'm here as always with my wonderful canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The two dogs have give the word rogue a whole new meaning. Trust me, if you actually met them, you'd know what I was saying. Millie will, is actually right here next to me looking for belly scratches while Bruno Cinder is staring at me. As if to say, get out of this recording studio. It's dinner time. So, they're the bosses in this house and they know it as well. We had a fantastic episode last week. And once again, we have kept our number one spot in the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, charts for pets and animals in Ireland. So, as always, we're delighted about that. And thanks to Dr. Tim Garby for making that possible with an absolutely amazing episode. So, today we're switching gears a bit, and we have a first time guest on miles today on the show. Someone who, well, been first time hasn't been almost before and we're talking about all things force-free and fear-free grooming which is a very interesting topic that i've wanted to cover for quite a while on the show now and to do that we are delighted to welcome danny brady from suds and paws in galway danny hello and a very big welcome to the big Bark.
2: hi dara how are you thanks so much for having me on
1: Pleasure. So, Denny, tell us a bit about Suds and Paws. Uh,
2: so, Suds and Paws started um, in 2019. Um, I just went off on my own grooming um, after I left a corporate shop. Um, and then I started, I suppose, looking into consent-based grooming methods and the fear-free models.
1: Okay, and you have your, first off, I believe you have your own three dogs there with you?
2: I do, Louie, Diesel and Blue. And what
1: what breed of dogs are they?
2: So, Diesel and Blue are Border Collies, and then Louie is a Yorkshire Terrier.
1: So, you have a full house there.
2: Full house, very busy, lots of energy. So,
1: tell us then, like, obviously for groomers, like anyone in, I suppose... The I suppose health in like the healthcare like personal healthcare industry even for humans for dogs it's been a very tough twelve months with like the whole COVID and fifty five lockdowns that we've had so far.
2: <laughs> yeah, look, it's been it's been crazy for everyone. There's no doubt, and um, especially with grooming. I suppose as like Carrie was saying a few weeks ago on her episode for puppies, especially. They have that critical socialization period and grooming actually is one of those things that's so important for so many dogs um, and, and they missed out on those, those first couple of grooms especially after the first lockdown I noticed puppies were coming in and they might have been slightly fear reactive towards people and they were that little bit older and had never heard these noises or or you know any of the the things that we have to use on them was all completely new and they were that little bit older. So it was much harder work actually to convince them that I wasn't actually trying to kill them, that I was just trying to help them out. And Danny,
1: like as I spoke to Carrie and I've spoken to Dr. Tim Corby and even uh, Jamie from Trails and Tales, Jamie, I got it right that time for you. I uh, didn't get it right a few weeks ago, but I got it right that time. But just been a lot of. I suppose new puppies during COVID. like us—I've seen such an a surge in not even adoptions, but like puppies like being bought from breeders in the last twelve months. And I, like you look at how little socialization in general these dogs have had.
2: Yeah, a lot of them, not all of them, of course, but uh, a lot of them have missed out. Even with the the trainers being being forced to do things online rather than puppy classes and stuff. They really have, a lot of them have missed out on certain things, which is, is so sad, but thankfully there's a lot that we can do to help those dogs to cope. Um, And hopefully there'll be no more lockdowns um, and we can keep moving forward. And so tell me
1: then, like obviously Carrie first uh, mentioned, uh, Mention her name to me and about fear-free grooming. So, for for listeners out there who don't know what fear-free grooming actually is, would you explain a bit of it to them?
2: Yep, no problem. Uh, essentially, fear-free grooming is about changing the way dogs feel about grooming. And um, lots of dogs can find aspects of grooming quite stressful, whether it's the bath, whether it's the dryer, and um, the vibration of the clippers on them can feel a bit weird and um, just a stranger touching them because we touch them all over we have to and um, places that their owners don't normally touch as well like their paw pads and their bums not many owners touch their dogs bums or anything if they don't have to and um, so it can be it can be stressful for them and um, so we're basically the way we do it is uh, we're constantly monitoring the dogs if they're showing any signs of stress we might reduce our criteria so just um take a step back to make it a bit easier for the dog so if it's the dryer that the dog finds stressful you're putting it on the lowest setting and you're building them up slowly and pairing treats or a high value toy or praise or whatever works for that dog with whatever you're trying to do like drying um, I also, similar to what Maeve said in her, her podcast, um, I also use games in the salon. So every dog, when they first come in, or puppy, does a free work session first. Um, so we use snuffle mats, licky mats. We teach them how to get on and off the table by themselves, in and out of the bath by themselves, and showing them that they actually have a choice as to what happens, when it happens, We can go at their pace. It doesn't have to be, you know, we have to get this done in an hour. If it takes two hours, if it takes three hours, if it takes multiple sessions, we will get there. But it's all about building up their confidence in me. um, And also so they know that nothing scary is going to happen. It doesn't have to be stressful. It can be actually quite relaxing. We have, if you look at my Instagram stories, like the amount of dogs who fall asleep on the table. They're just so chilled out. But it's lovely. Um, and it's nice for them because the owners say it to me all the time that dogs can't wait to come in and they're flying in to see me because they actually really love it. Whereas before, maybe they were struggling with a certain thing and they didn't really like to be groomed.
1: And you mentioned like previously that you work for, I suppose, more of a big corporate uh, firm, like, I'm not gonna name any names in particular, but I have seen it in some of the bigger uh uh pet shops that are based in like like bigger groomers based in bigger pet shops. And yeah. it, it's kind of like it's a huge difference that's there.
2: Massive, yeah. And some dogs cope really well, and I'll tell you, honestly, as someone who worked there, some dogs are fine with that, but a lot of dogs aren't. Uh there's there could be multiple groomers, multiple dogs, multiple dryers going, loads of different things happening all at the same time, so it can be stressful. You also might have people coming up and looking in windows or knocking on windows. It's all very distracting, and meanwhile the groomers are using very sharp tools and, and dangerous equipment, and um, for dogs that maybe are moving around constantly, so it's not ideal and it's definitely it taught me what I didn't want for my business. Um, I wouldn't want to see my own dogs under that kind of stress, you know, Um, especially because my three are rescues as well. And they all had their own individual uh, issues that we had to work on and some that we're continuing to work on. So I just know that they wouldn't cope in that kind of scenario. And I think most dogs um, struggle to cope in, in that kind of condition.
1: So what you're describing basically in in your business is basically positive reinforcement, like in, in dog training terms, it's basically that's what you operate based on.
2: Yeah. And I would have done a few dog training courses and used them because when I started grooming, there wasn't really a whole lot about consent based grooming or, or fear free grooming. And so it's taken a while, but I and I had to do a lot of research and and do a lot of courses. Actually, I've done several dog training courses, and then I found this Facebook page called "Take the Girl Out of Grooming Your Dog," um, and it's run by this lovely lady Sue Williamson. She's an English lady, and she has a book for dog owners as well as one for groomers. Um. So they're really useful if your dog is struggling with any aspect of grooming. She uses a lot of the same methods as I would. Like, for example, we use the bucket game. So whenever the dog is looking at a bucket, that's them giving their consent to continue grooming. And if they look away, that means stop and you just stop. But if the owners implement the same methods at home, the dogs fly through grooming.
1: That's fantastic. And like like I said, it's something, for, for grooming, it's something that's probably never crossed my mind before. Like for my own two, yeah. they're like very short coats, So the most they need is a bit of a, the shedding brush and like uh, the odd like wash uh, here and there that like I give them myself. So they don't really, yeah. the only experience they'd have with groomers will be, I suppose, getting their, their nails clipped. And that's oh. something that actually even is like very frightening for dogs as
2: well nail trims can go very wrong very easily and um, if you cut your dog's nails too short you actually cut the, the blood vessel and it's called the quick and um, and that even doing that one time can be enough to cause a lifetime fear in dogs and um, so I do kind of advise owners don't do it yourself unless you're very confident and you know what you're doing um, it, it can lead to massive other issues. And most groomers don't charge very much for, for the likes of nail trims and any vet will do it either. Um, but it's just, it's a safer way of doing it rather than than causing an issue that you have to then start working on desensitisation and counter conditioning of the nail clippers to get the dog back
0: The economy is crazy right now. All-time high inflation, bearish stock market, rising home prices and interest rates. How do you figure it all out? Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner professional from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement. But with Facet, a dedicated expert guides you through every financial decision. FACET Advisors are certified financial planner professionals and fiduciaries. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. You get an entire team of experts within insurance, taxes, estate planning, and budgeting to make complex financial decisions easy. FACET has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFACETWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment legal or tax advice
2: to a place where they're okay with their nails being done because it's so important for, for the dog's health that their their nails don't get too long. And I think a lot of people actually don't realize that their dog's nails are very long um, and the nail continues, or the quick, sorry, continues to grow with the nail, So you can only take a certain amount off. Even when the nails are very long, maybe the quicks might be very long. So if you go too short, You'll hurt the dog.
1: And Danny, what like for dog owners out there, what is the, I suppose, the ideal length of for a dog's nails?
2: So they shouldn't really be touching the floor. If they're making a noise on a timber floor, usually that means that they're too long. Now different dogs have slightly different nails, but generally that's the rule. Okay. And so, Danny, tell me then, like, you
1: mentioned the book uh, by the English lady there and her tater girl, dog grooming. So where else did you actually, like, did you do your research? And, like, did you do other courses specifically in uh, Fear Free Grooming or, like, was it all through your own research? Uh, I've
2: done a course in specifically for fear for grooming it's actually an american course so they teach dog trainers vets veterinary nurses and groomers as well as dog trainers um but it's all run online there's no like physical place you can go to study it's basically just giving you the information on um this is how you achieve uh, consent-based grooming, um, teaching you about the different methods of uh, introducing a dryer to dogs, for example, or fear-free nail trims is actually a separate course because so many dogs have issues with their, their nails being done. Um, I've done that one as well. It's really good. Um, so I actually did them at Christmas this year.
1: Okay, so like that sounds very interesting. And I suppose like... It's great to have those qualifications, obviously, as well. Um, So, like, what's the plan now going forward, I suppose, for Sorts and Paws?
2: So, uh, at the minute, we're actually, we're so busy. Um, I'm actually only taking referrals from our local dog trainers and vets for fairly extreme fear cases, like dogs that may need to be sedated for grooms. I also do quite a bit of uh free grooming for Madra for their rescue dogs. Um, because a lot of them might have, you know, longer coats and they need quite a bit of maintenance and um, or skin issues. There's a lot of skin issues as well. So they might need weekly baths and things like that. So I'm kept busy all of the time.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fans of Madra here herself, and I'm actually I'm hoping that uh, mid-July I'm going to be going up to, uh, to Connemara for a couple of days and hopefully get out to the to the grounds out in Camas as well uh, I've spoken to Carrie about this actually previously so hopefully that will happen um, for anyone who actually wants to get into a fear for grooming what's your advice
2: so if they haven't done a grooming course I would definitely start with with a, a good grooming course and apprenticing with your local dog groomers if you can is an amazing way to get that bit of work experience and see what is this groom and crack all about? Cause there is a lot to it. Um then they can you, you can do the the fear-free grooming course, the American course, if you just Google it, it'll come up straight away. Um that Facebook group that I was talking about as well with Sue's, Sue has her two books and it's absolutely brilliant and that's free so you could do your little bit of research and see is it for you it's not going to be for every groomer it's not even going to be for every dog not every dog needs it they are some dogs are incredibly well adjusted to grooming and I have a few myself now who are amazing dogs for grooming and have been since day one and so there's loads of of information out there compared to when I started looking
1: so Danny, what are the biggest, I suppose, the biggest issues that you come across with uh, specific breeds? Like you see a lot of breeds that get their hair, like their coats knotted and matted. Like what's the biggest things that you come across that I suppose are the most difficult to deal with as well on a daily basis?
2: Uh, yeah, basically, matting is is a huge one because it does cause the dog's discomfort and pain and it can be, all be prevented by simply the owners brushing at home and maintaining their coats at home and also regular grooming appointments. Um, It's just, it's very simple. Like most of the long-haired breeds should be coming to the groomer between four and eight weeks. Um, If you're leaving it longer, the dog does tend to start to mat up. Um, It can have behavioral consequences, health consequences if you leave your dog too long without a groom. Especially like your poodle crosses are, are everywhere now. Lots of poodle crosses, Bichons, Shih Tzus, Maltese. They all need really regular grooming.
1: That's that's very insightful. And I suppose like what are the, the stress signs to like that you would actually see in dogs? You mentioned like the when dogs show stress, uh like. Obviously, that's a sign to kind of like back off from them and like give them their own space. What are the signs that you would actually watch out for?
2: So initially, dogs usually give quite low-level stress indicators, like it might be as simple as a lip lick or they might look away or give you kind of, we call it whale eye, where you can see the whites of their eyes and they're kind of, they're not looking straight at you. Um, generally, if i see seen these low-level signs, that's where I stop. Because if you continue when the dog is displaying these low-level stress indicators, they will escalate. So you might see an air snap or a growl before a bite happens. So it just, it, it totally depends on the dog, but you, you want to stop at those low-level stress indicators.
1: Yeah, and what you're describing there, like I suppose, as many dog trainers will know, it would be like the your low level canine signals that like dogs even exactly. give off to each other to like the the body language to give off to each other, like not to approach or yeah. like Exactly. So it's obviously like those those kind of signals are your basic and then like you're always giving warning signs, basically.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um dogs would very rarely uh, snap for out of nowhere like sometimes the signs are very subtle um, like the lip licks not something every owner will always look out for but they are giving you these stress indicators so it's up to us to listen and not to push our dogs further than they need to go
1: and Daddy, would you agree that I suppose for a lot of owners it's I suppose even a case of miscommunication like we we understand English as our like as our primary language whereas a dog uses primarily body language to communicate totally. and for a lot of humans we don't actually understand the body language so it's really a case for the human to actually to learn the calming signals learn the dog's body language
2: absolutely it's our responsibility we bring these animals into our homes and we expect them to cope in our world but we do have to have to teach them how to cope and we have to learn how to listen definitely
1: Perfect, Danny. Uh, Danny Brady from Swords and Paws. Uh, that was absolutely insightful. Uh, have you any last uh, words that you want to say to or uh, give to our listeners on any advice on what you would advise for free or government grooming?
2: Uh, just basically listen to your dog. If you want to look up my page, I put up advice all of the time for different pieces about grooming and i have to break it down into sections generally for owners dependent on what their dog finds stressful and but i think it's really important to remember in zoos all over the world we use cooperative care with animals to uh, get lions and tigers to give us their paws so we can trim their nails and so vets can draw blood without having to sedate them so really you know grooming. A grooming is, is animal husbandry it's the same thing and it should be just as easy to teach our dogs and it is just as easy to teach our dogs how we can get through this process in a stress-free way
1: and you mentioned your page do you want to give uh, your details there how can people find you online
2: so they can find me at suds and paws galway on facebook and instagram
1: brilliant and have your website as well
2: I do
1: have a website as well, it's just sudsandpaws.com Fantastic, Danny Brady from Suds and Paws thanks once again so much for joining us today and it's a pleasure to have Danny on the show uh, talking about fear-free grooming and uh, force-free grooming and everything that comes with it. We're back again not next Thursday but actually in fact we're back here on Bank Holiday Monday on June the 7th with a very special show To celebrate the reopening of our hospitality industry in Ireland. And obviously with everything that's been going on. People want a bit more normality in their lives. And being able to go to a bar, a restaurant, a cafe with your doggy. To sit out and meet other dog owners. is something that we haven't been able to do in a long, long time. So on Monday we will be chatting with Marion Doyle from... DogfriendlyIreland.ie. Until then, be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Patreon, subscribe there, uh, on TikTok, you name it. We're on all the big socials, and our handle on all those is the Big Bark Podcast. Be sure to check us out on the BigBark.ie. You'll be able to see a couple of images of our, new, our brand new studio there. And you'll be able to catch up with all the news uh, that we have going on. You'll also be able to subscribe to our newsletter. So remember to do that. And it's going to be like a really good issue for June and July. We're going to be giving away some lovely doggy bandanas over the next two months. With the Big Bark logo on them. Personalised for your doggy. So until then. We'll chat to you on Monday. And have a fantastic week. And a great bank holiday weekend ahead. And be sure to give your doggies lots and lots of cuddles. Take care. Have a good one. The Big Bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Dara Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark.